What's up, everybody? Welcome to the anime podcast of some sort. I'm David Majors, alongside my co-host, my good friend, Young Count Thank Jack Noir. Would you let me do the intros? Jeez. <laughs> that, that, that's the one thing that I've always, that people have always said I'm good at. Let, let me do the <laughs> intro for you. Jeez. Oh, come on, David. We both know that there's plenty of things that you're good at, and this isn't one of them. Citation needed. <laughs> well, I think that you're pretty good about talking about the cartoons. You don't have to put all of your chips into staking an intro. That's for one thing. And well, boy, are there some things to talk about. There there certainly are uh, this week on, on the old APOS. So what's up, Jack? What's going on with you? How, how have you been first? It's It's been an eternity and a half. What's going on? Before we jump well, into the cartoons. I moved from California to California. So that's a thing. Um, just kind of trying to get the summer's events back into order and... Uh, now that I'm settled into a place where I can consider myself uh, comfortable and alive, I'm just uh, kind of going, all right, let's deliver pizza for a while. Let's just see where that takes us. So um, some interesting stuff. And aside from that, checked out some cartoons and some some old favorites. So I'm glad to be back and to be doing this nice and settled. It's a good, good end to the summer. And uh, I noticed that uh, you you sound a little better than you have on previous episodes. Oh, yes. Thank you, patrons. Thank you so much. This is a really, really excellent mic that you have contributed towards. It's beautiful. It stands proudly. And it has no say in what I say. So that's good. I don't want and my mics talking. To- that would just be weird. That would be really, mm. really weird. Although... If the patrons out there are willing to contribute that much to the Delta Juliet Mike Patreon to get Jack a mic that talks back, we we won't say no. We will we, we will not turn that down. I I mean uh, I'm fine with things talking to me. It happens occasionally, but aside from that, this is a great great way to feel a little bit more legit. I think because what's more legit than talking about uh, the land of the rising sun. What's more legit What's, than that? Maybe video games that come from the video land games. of the rising sun. Uh, oh, particularly one that's really, really, really popular, like Final Fantasy, Jack. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Final Fantasy. That- yeah, Final Fantasy fifteen in particular. Uh, the much ballyhooed Final Fantasy 15. That was originally Final Fantasy uh, 13 versus, I think. Uh, and oh, it was, boy. it was supposed to be released on September 30th. And it was going to be glorious and RPG fans everywhere were ready and raring to go. However, folks at Square Enix said, uh, we, we, we kind of need to delay the game a little bit. Uh, we're going to say November 29th, exactly two months from the original release date, but it, we, we need a couple months to get it finished. And as it said, uh, from, uh, in a YouTube video from the director of the game, uh, he said that the game just wasn't quite up to snuff. The game wasn't ready. And instead of doing it 
DLC style, like most AAA mainstream games are doing nowadays, uh, the team at Square Enix, led by the director Tabata, said, no, we're going to finish the game, we're going to make it right, and we're going to release it a couple of months later than we had originally planned. Now, Jack, this is a mm. little bit different from the norm in, in the world of big AAA mainstream gaming. It's true. Uh, lots of games nowadays are getting released on their deadline with a day one DLC patch. Or before. Which, or before, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Final Fantasy XV is doing something a little different. What do you think of this? Um, it's interesting because I'm looking at some of the comments uh, because I wanted to see what kind of inhuman sorts still care about Final Fantasy past the SNES era. But um, I found something that kind of struck a chord with me. And I'm sorry, David. I know that this is a fresh wound in your and many people's hearts and potentially their wallets. But um, the, there's a comment here, and I'll just go ahead and read it. At least they're taking careful consideration and paying attention not to release a half-assed game. I don't mind the wait if it means we get a high-quality experience. Now, you know what this reminds me of, David? It was fairly recent. Jeez, I played guessing games with you, but maybe where, you can where guess Where could this? you start? Where, where to start, <laughs> Jack? I mean, you want to talk about No Man's Sky? You want to talk about Destiny? You want to talk about, yes, since everyone knows I like fighting games, Street Fighter mm-hmm. Five. Uh, I mean, th- this could be any number of games, really. And credit to Sony and Square Enix for taking this game and going in a different direction. But yeah, Jack, it really could be... A number of games. Pick one. It also honestly. the the particular one I'm thinking of, which isn't necessarily a AAA release, but certainly had the backing financially of a AAA release, is the Mighty Number no. Nine. That's what I'm mm. thinking of specifically. Of we we pull it back, and the hopes and dreams of many are emblazoned upon it. Even, and of course, that's a different type of. Uh, situation entirely you basically bet on the game to be good and then when it turns out to uh it's better than nothing uh, you there of course there's going to be some outrage especially since it's been delayed for the sake of oh we want to make it better and it turns out to not be much better so that's what i'm that's what i thought of when i looked at it but also it's it's just because um uh I don't know. Differently, I remember seeing a bit about Final Fantasy XV, and thematically it looks, well, graphically it looks the same, but it looked to be a little bit different content-wise. I don't know how much you've looked into it, David. With uh, I have. My mm-hmm. best friend from high school, we've known each other since sixth grade even, is a big Final Fantasy guy. He, he He's big into that series. And I, I saw what he saw and what he showed me, and I'll say it looks like a Final Fantasy game, first of all. Uh, and I mean that in neither a complimentary nor a derogatory way. I just simply mean it looks like a Final Fantasy game. And it looks like something that, at this point, was pretty well polished. However, comma, if the director of the game and the staff behind the game is being totally open and upfront about saying it's not quite finished 
I kind of got to give them credit for being honest about it because there are more examples of games being released unfinished and unready than there are examples of this where the director of the game and the developers behind the game uh, aren't just looking to meet the deadline and then get the cash grab of the DLC. I give them a little credit, and in the case of Mighty Number no. 9, everything it seemed like about that game was kind of a botched project from the start. And you really wouldn't have that with a big, big company like a Square Enix in comparison to an independent release like a Mighty Number no. 9. That is true. That is true. And at the very least, this company doesn't have the stain on their record like an ad campaign with the tagline make them cry like an anime fan on prom night i think we can safely say that squeenix is clean in that regard and i'm proud I, I'm, of I'm pretty sure they are i remember when sonic the hedgehog's twitter account the best account on twitter if you're not following it oh yes uh, uh, made a comment about Mighty Number no. Nine, uh, mm-hmm. when the director of that game came out in a statement saying, "Hey, it's not that bad," and by all accounts, it really was that bad. And the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter account kind of uh, took a shot at them by saying, "Hey, it's not that bad. Me, 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 me. It's better and, than nothing." Yeah, and sometimes. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know, we're, we're not ready yet, and we don't want to release a half-assed game. And when you've got money behind you that, that actually can support waiting a little longer, you should probably use that time. You should probably use those resources. It's mm-hmm. okay. And you know, Jack, oh, yes. what's... What's most interesting about this, from what I've seen, is that generally the internet and gamers and fans have reacted to this relatively positively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen mostly people saying, you know what? It sucks that they're going to delay it two months, but the fact that they're doing this and not releasing it unfinished and then throwing up a 28 gigabyte DLC, the fact that they're not doing that is actually pretty cool and yes people are okay with it and and i agree i think that there's a very huge importance to being transparent especially when you uh have fans to answer to this is such an established uh series it it's just it's a sign of respect i think to just come in and go hey guys we know you all lined up here and we're all excited to help you and you make you happy and provide you with this product but it's just not quite ready yet i think that that's immensely respectful absolutely and i think the team at final fantasy 15 deserve a little credit for this and it seems like they're getting it which is which is really cool it's it's nice to see a game company well like you said being transparent yes That'll come up a little bit later, I think, in our podcast about the uh, the merits of being transparent or the uh, the the drawbacks to not being so. But um, in the meantime, there's another article here that I know you're very excited about, and I can definitely share in the the hype. 
I I am. I am. Uh, there is finally news about the upcoming season of Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, the most recent anime series in the the giant Mobile Suit Gundam franchise. Uh, it is going to come out uh, later this year, October 2nd, and uh, according to this, uh, fans of Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans can look forward to a time skip... And tons of new characters, including the first episode alone featuring over 30 new voice actors. And everyone is one to two years older, and there are going to be new mobile suits and everything. So that this, as a Gundam fan, uh, I'm really interested in this. It definitely gives me a lot of feelings of double, Gundam 00, uh, in how it went from its first season to its second season. And that turned out really well, although on the other hand, we ended up with Gundam Seed and the infamous Gundam Seed Destiny with the same reasons. Uh, Jack, mm-hmm. uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans is currently airing on Toonami. Uh, and I know you've said, uh, we, you have caught a couple of episodes. Yes. Now that you know that the show will continue and will have a second season, uh, I want to know how, how you're feeling about the fact that not only will there be more, uh, how, how are you feeling about the fact that it's going to have a lot more content? Like, this is going to be a sequel, but with even more. It won't be a rehash. I do enjoy time skips. Look at One Piece. Uh I, and I did really enjoy uh, the little that I've seen of uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans. I would have liked to have seen more, and I had a terrible internet connection at the time. But since things are a bit better established, I look forward to firing up the Crunchyroll and taking a look at more of that. And uh, a new season with a uh, different change, not just kind of picking up where we left off, or God forbid... I can't think of an anime off the top of my head but there's at least a handful at the very least enough for it to be a cliche where you're ending right at the end of some big cataclysmic explosion and i like explosions as much as the next guy but i'd like to see them in the middle of an episode not bookending my seasons so this is kind of an interesting way to take this anime season I will tell you, Jack, that Iron-Blooded Orphans does end on a pretty good note. And from the end of season one, they announced almost right away that the story will continue. So they tied up a lot of loose ends while leaving things open for the future. It ends very well. Uh, it does not leave a lot of holes and unanswered questions, uh, especially when you know that a next season is coming. So... I'm looking forward to season two, knowing the fact that season one ended as well as it did. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I especially want to hear you keeping up with it. Just, we don't even have to talk about it on the podcast. If you do, if you're able to get back to watching it, I'm especially interested in hearing your take on the show. Uh, do you have cable? I, uh, I do. And I do have, uh, the opportunity to watch Toonami. It's just a matter of uh, what exactly is broadcasting in terms of episodes and what Um, order things are. I believe it is on episode eight or nine right now, maybe a little higher. So I I could catch up in the afternoon if I wanted to. For sure. 
And mm-hmm. I figure, you know, it's it's always easier to catch the dub rather than the sub, just to just to get yourself caught up, or even do a binge watch. If you want to do mm-hmm. a binge watch, it's always easier with with the dub. Sorry, sub fans, but it's it's a fact. You so know that reminds I, me. <clears throat> yeah, I was just thinking uh, of what, the way that you say that everything uh, wraps up for the first season, but there's still some open ended stuff to allow for a second season and they confirmed it is uh this reminds me of a little something that i know that you've been checking out on my recommendation uh not from nippon no no sir but uh you've been uh you've been tweeting at just call me djm about uh, a little show that i really hold dear to my heart called gravity falls and I you've been saying have. some pretty good stuff and I that reminds me of that some good stuff the and nature of the first season is very similar to what you're describing. Ooh, cool. I like that. Very, I like very similar. About that. Uh, I am about halfway through the first season, uh, and I've already told you, I, I feel a very strong connection to Dipper. Yes. Maybe it's just because I, I believe myself to be the the main protagonist. Uh, we all have a Dipper by, in us. Right. <laughs> I hope that doesn't I mean, mean protagonist I'm surrounded by. Oh no, no, mean, no. Does that mean I'm boring? I'm gonna I, turn I, that to the A posse and see what they say. I, I talked about Tweet that us your on comments. I talked about that on the newest two nerdy black guys too, how I feel like I'm I'm becoming boring. I'm, oh, I'm no. worried about that. Not boring, and, just older. Yeah. Well older makes you my, more interesting. My my birthday is looming, so I'm oh. I'm definitely worried about becoming old and boring and decrepit and withering away into dust. But hopefully, as I continue along with Gravity Falls and just all of this other cartoony stuff that I enjoy, I won't become boring because Gravity Falls certainly isn't boring. Mm. wonderful characters on this show wonderful mm. characters i cannot get enough really of all of the characters they all they're all incredibly charming in their own way and except robbie except robbie i just want to ask you because you know the fandom better than i would does mm. anyone like robbie uh i think people ironically do I think they're okay. just kind of like, ha ha, he's such an edgelord, that's hilarious. I've never seen a single person cosplay or do extensive fan art of or even do one of those insane uh, essays, basically, of this is why this is important kind of thing. This is why Robbie see- is the real protagonist of the show. This is why Robbie is a good exemplification of your average 15-year-old white guy. I kind of want to write one of those just facetiously, actually. Just kind of like. Please do, Jack. Please do. This is coming from the guy who wanted to do a uh, a Twitter account for a uh, a social justice warrior, uh, an an SJW uh, tree, very aware of tree issues. You just can't. You can't take the bark off of me, man. You can't. You can't steal my sap. You come into my forest. You cut my brothers down, and then you build a tire swing on me. Justice for trees. Far, far be it from me to appropriate tree culture or forest culture, but I, I can honestly say I would love to take a trip through the woods with an SJW tree Twitter account. If that is a thing that could happen, 
I would follow it, I would retweet it, and I would want to make sure that everyone can see it. Social justice trees. Trees for social justice. I, oh, I love it. I, I truly do. I truly do. Uh, but th- there is something else that, that might be upsetting some social justice warriors out there. There is this <laughs> film out there called Sausage Party. Uh, are you familiar with it, Jack? Have you seen it? I did. I chose not to see it because I like to eat food. I don't like to consider it to be alive. The less things I consider to be alive, I think the better for my mental health. But um, it's got some. It's got some folks that you people like in uh, the comedy, American comedy scene. Seth Rogen, uh, um, James Franco, those kind of people. Uh, and it's getting a lot of buzz. And so, you know, to each their own, there's going to be some blockbusting dumb comedy movies, you know, with vulgar humor and everything like that. It's gotten some attention for the fact that it's a it's it's listed as the the uh, the very first R-rated animated feature. And I'd like to back up and give them a little asterisk on that point. They're the first to my knowledge. I know there's people out there who know more. Um, it is the first CGI R-rated animated feature. It is by yeah. far not the only uh, animated feature that has been rated R, and it is definitely not the the only one with mature content. And I'd even go to, off forward to say that the style of humor that's evident in uh, the clips and such aren't necessarily what one would call mature content if you catch my drift david no definitely not mature but definitely r-rated r-rated but not mature the Mm. anime podcast of some sort everybody (laughs) um uh i would say that one this this movie definitely isn't the first anything uh, you could even stretch and make a case for Ted, the, the Ted movies before this one. Uh, mm-hmm. but there is one thing that has come out about this movie, Sausage Party, that has caused some controversy. Uh, allegedly, uh, the production company and the studio behind Sausage Party, uh, allegedly forced their animators to work overtime for free and then later on refused to credit their artists for their work. Uh, just coming to it from Slash Film, the Sausage Party animators' controversy began when Cartoon Brew ran an interview with the directors Tiernan and Vernon. Pretty quickly, anonymous commenters jumped in with allegations that artists had been mistreated on the film, according to an uncredited supervisor. And the article goes on to mention that artists had not been credited and had not been paid. Uh, Jack, you brought this one in in particular. Uh, I was going mm-hmm. to say, uh, just on my own, this is this is pretty bush league. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and I think that there is definitely a market for animation that isn't necessarily for kids. Uh, I think we all know that, being anime fans. Mm-hmm. But Jack, I, I think that this is something that's a problem. Indeed, I we have been talking about this since day one about how um, Korean and Japanese animation studios are getting pennies on the dollar for work that they should be receiving far more for. And to see this crossover uh, into 
America where we have Pixar and DreamWorks and Leica. I just got back from watching Kubo and the Two Strings, and that movie is exceptional. Uh, really good stop motion feature. I highly recommend it if you liked Coraline. It's as good as Coraline, and I don't take that lightly. Nothing else came short, but um, we have a lot of really excellent, you know, uh, powerhouse studios that are putting out feature after feature after feature, blockbuster, uh, the family features, and yeah, you can get tiresome because uh, because it, you want to have something that maybe isn't just uh, pop songs and funny funny animals. But that sells. And when you do something that is Jack, sorry to cut you off, but you just reminded me of something, and I want to ask your question on this. Mm -hmm. How did The Secret Life of Pets do so well? I didn't see that one either. It is such an extraordinarily mediocre movie, and I can't figure out how it did so well. It, It was all of the things you just described, just... So average, but it sold like gangbusters. Sorry, go ahead. You know, you know what? I think that the situation with that is, uh, I think it's just a matter of they're kind of banking on the success of Zootopia. There's another movie coming out that has been uh, touted in the trailers that I saw yesterday for Kubo. Uh, Sing. It's basically just Zootopia meets America's Got Talent, something like that. Very, very eh. So I think that they're definitely, I want Hollywood to shake it up. I want people to come in with films like Swiss Army Man, uh, you know, unique things. Really come in and try and uh, shake the formula up. But there's there's a risk involved with that. And I can see where practices would be risky for a feature like this that had such a niche operation. Uh but I absolutely do not condone uh, producers and directors uh, going in. I've read some of these from the Cartoon Brew, uh, Cartoon Brew uh, main article, which they link in the article we're looking at. They uh, There was one that said, okay, so a lot of the people who worked on the, the trailers and the teasers and the clips for, uh, you know, to show off to the public to get them into, to see the movie, put butts in seats. Uh, those people were especially vocal about the conditions and they were fired and uh, told, you're basically never going to work in this town again. You're not going to work in animation. You're done. You're done, son. And that's heartbreaking. This is over half, if if I'm crunching my numbers correctly, over half of the uh, animators that worked on this are not credited. And it's it's heartbreaking. This is something that I always thought, oh, we're never going to see that here. We have all these studios that are, you know, they're successful. This could never happen. But I forget that there are new ones popping up and Studio Nitrogen. I, I don't know what to say. I'm honestly appalled. I really, really hope that these animators that had to go forward and animate food saying the f word and apparently according to a script leak have uh, an orgy a non-comedic just plain old orgy just for the sake of having sex on the screen i guess uh 
I really, really hope that so they it's literally a sausage party. Things. It's literally a sausage party. I'm I'm concerned when I read it. I'm concerned for Seth Rogen's uh, sexual uh, appetites. Pardon the pun. I, I really, I really want him to, you know, maybe see a doctor about that. Maybe get some pills because that's concerning. There was absolutely no comedic undertone to it. I think it's just meant to be shock or perhaps more likely that there's something going on with Seth Rogen. Like, I desperately needed to write this because it's got appeal to me. What do they say, right? What you know? Apparently, he's like a bear icon. And and I'm not talking about we bear bears. Uh, Apparently, he's like a, a... bear icon in that side of the world so maybe there are things he needs to work on and maybe this was just one outlet for him i will just say i'm glad that i never had this with the penguins of madagascar did you ever see the penguins of madagascar jack yes yes really fun little feature but um what exactly about it david Well, in the case of the Penguins of Madagascar, it kind of, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was PG-13, but it did use a song from Nerd in its trailer, so it it was Mm. definitely a little bit more self-aware of kind of pushing the envelope and giving parents in the crowd and and guys like me something to to giggle about that the kids may not necessarily get without going just full, hey, we're saying the F word and we're throwing an orgy in our movie because Seth MacFarlane became a billionaire doing this. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I just I... I just feel like, I feel like, I'm a little worn out on American animation companies, uh, whether it's on the big screen or in television, just trying to be raunchy for the sake of it. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm a little burnt out on that. Indeed. I, I know your uh, your stance on things that try too hard. And um, from what I have heard by experience and what I have uh, seen both positive and negative uh, people either commending the movie for whatever reason they have. I'm sure they've got a very good reason or otherwise. Uh, I feel like even if this weren't surrounded by controversy, uh, it really just is a try hard feature. And uh, yeah, I, I really, really didn't want to have, to ever talk about a story where the sort of treatment it's not nearly the same degree but the fact that we're getting mistreatment in all manner of animation to the point where hey this is kind of like what's happening over in uh japan that doesn't make me feel good to talk about this but i definitely wanted to bring it i wanted to bring it to you and to bring it to our listeners to let them know that this is kind of uh not good it's a problem it's a problem because you don't really know where the money is going for one is it going to the animators apparently not is it going to the production staff apparently not who is the money going to where is it going to if a movie like this makes 200 million dollars where is it going to is it just going to 
uh, no disrespect, is it just going to the big name actors that they got for this thing? Uh, which I could say I have plenty of issues with because there mm-hmm. have been plenty of movies that have had big name voice actors that were very clearly cashing a paycheck and just kind of mailing it in where there have been plenty of not necessarily celebrity voice actors that would have done much better performances. Look at literally every Studio Ghibli movie ever that has gotten a release in the United States uh, and countless other movies that have big-name voice actors that don't really need them. But, hey, it's a summer blockbuster, so we've got to have these names in it to sell tickets so people recognize who they are. But I I wonder where all of this money is going. If it's just going to the executives, if it's going to the people at the top of the studio, if it's going to the studios that need the money because two or three of their other movies bombed out, I feel like that's a problem. If it's going to the executive producers and the presidents of the studios, that's borderline unacceptable and and it's pretty egregious i think the bigger question in all of this is where the hell is the money going that's my Mm -hmm. question if the people that are working the hardest aren't getting paid where is the money for something like this which will generate hundreds of millions of dollars to the box office where is it going that's the question Indeed. There's another question that's been kind of buzzing around uh, the internet with a slightly more outrage is uh, why is Ash Ketchum such a loser? And well, I don't I don't know what they're talking about, David. Can you tell me? Well, Ash has been a loser since the very, 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 very early beginnings of the Pokemon anime. So... It's time for old man DJM to uh, tell you about this latest story from Pokemon, courtesy of Kotaku and, and Reddit and basically the entire damn internet. The most recent episode of Pokemon XYZ, the newest Pokemon series, uh, featured Ash Ketchum uh, about to win the Kalos League. Uh, to, to paint a picture for you, Jack, uh, Ash had made it to Grand Finals. And it looked like Ash was the favorite. He had a strong lineup of Pokemon. The actual episode title was entitled Kalos League Champion Ash's Decisive Battle. He had a strong lineup of Pokemon. Even Team Rocket were there and said, wow, he he might finally win this one. Uh, Because as everyone knows, with every Pokemon League Ash has competed in, he's placed somewhere, I guess, top eight, top five, top two. And now he was coming into this league as the favorite. And in the end, against this young man named Elaine, he lost again. And the internet is pissed. Because it looks as though, by all accounts, the Pokemon anime really made it look like this was finally going to be the time that Ash was going to win the Pokemon League. Ash Ketchum was finally going to break that mold of being 
a pretty crappy Pokemon trainer because he lets all of his Pokemon go away with each generation of Pokemon. He doesn't really care about training them or winning them. He's just there because he's the main character and the main character has to be there. And the internet was pissed, Jack. This was some strong internet rage. A lot of people really brought in and uh, I saw the story on Kotaku, and there was a teaser clip for the upcoming episode of Pokemon. And as of this recording, uh, as I saw that originally there were, uh, right now there are 1,100 thumbs ups on this video, and there are over 52,000 thumbs down dislikes. That is Ouch. An, an astronomical disparity i've i've never seen a like dislike youtube disparity like this before in my life ever this this is not even close and i had originally thought that maybe this was a cultural thing jack that maybe we here in the west we care about winning and triumphing and conquering adversity and Ash not being such a shit-tier Pokemon trainer and finally winning the big one. And then mm. I thought, well, maybe maybe in Japan, uh, they care more about, you know, the journey and trying your best and all of that stuff. But no. This YouTube video was from the official TV Tokyo Japanese YouTube page. So when I saw this and made my way across the, the pokey side of the internet, oh yes, Japan is mad too. Everybody <laughs> is mad at the Pokemon company for this one. Because it really looked like Ash was finally, finally, finally going to win the big one. And speaking as someone who has been aware of the Pokemon anime for now, coming up on 20 years, yes, everybody, the Pokemon anime has been on TV for nearly 20 years. Think about oh that one for a second. Yeah, 20 years, Jack. It's coming up on 20 years. I, and- I barely remember a time when I didn't know that Pokemon was an anime, for sure. It's it's kind of skirted on the very outward uh, orbit of my consciousness, much like Pluto, much like Pluto. But always um, ubiquitous and always there, like Pluto. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of long-time Pokemon fans, gamers, fans of the anime and everything else, they were red hot. They were nuclear hot and... I never imagined this. I never imagined that after all of these years, people would still be getting mad about Ash Ketchum not winning the Pokemon League. Uh, because this has been going on for, for a very long time. Uh, Jack, uh, you've caught up on this. Uh, h- how are you feeling oh, yeah. about now seeing the reaction of all of this and just the Pokemon anime really just kind of being like every other long running anime? Um, I, I saw a comment that particularly uh, jumped out at me since the rest were paragraphs full of people who obviously play the game too much and don't know how to have fun with it of Ash has type advantage. Ash did this. Ash did this. He should have won. There was one that really 
uh, jumped out at me. And it wasn't necessarily because I agree with it. It was just a good point to make is, ladies and gentlemen, did you really think that there would be so much of a drastic change plot-wise in a show that has been over 20 years running, almost 20 years running, and um, has a child who has remained a 10-year-old child for so long? And that resonated with me. And I thought, you know, that that makes a lot of sense. They can't really mess with Ash being uh, the I, I still think it's pretty impressive that he has done well enough to continue to go to these competitions. There's still a massive amount of effort that goes into that. And thematically what i remember from my days of actually watching it of uh maybe the johto and a little bit of kanto is they really do push home the fact that there is nothing wrong with working hard and 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 still end up not exactly winning he's always proud of his pokemon they did well he takes care of them he goes off he licks his wounds and if i remember um people were referencing this in the comments that he rematched the fella later on just kind of unofficially and beat him then is that what happened i'm not entirely certain if if you know david but i uh, don't believe that is the case yet okay but it but i i want to bring up a point that i saw uh, in regards to the idea of this anime being a show that really will never change its formula uh mm-hmm. it's the idea of Yes, if Ash were to finally win a Pokemon League, uh, the question of would that really stop him from going to another region and going for more Pokemon? Would that really stop him from doing that? Would that really stop him from continuing his quest to be a Pokemon Master? And again, nobody really knows what a Pokemon Master is. That's been left intentionally vague uh, and ambiguous because they want this anime to go on forever. But would it really stop Ash from continuing his journey if he were to have won? And I say no. I think that it would have been a great way to say that, yes, eventually your persistence and your never giving up and your working hard eventually can and will pay off. And it will show you that, yes, there is a top of the mountain. And yes, if you do stick to it, you can reach the top. Uh, because, yes, it is okay to lose. However, w- getting the feeling of accomplishment and reaching your goal is something that is exceptionally important. And I think that this is something that a lot of age groups and audiences are upset about with this. It's the fact that after all of these years, Ash has still never quite reached his goal. And it really plays into that meme of Ash being a loser and not being a really redeeming character in an anime that you would hope would have some kind of progression and some kind of change, but at the same time, it really puts it 
affront to say, yeah, it's never going to happen. There will be people that will say, Jack, that this is a show for young children. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. That this is a show for a very young audience. And every Pokemon generation, there is the idea that some kid out there is watching Pokemon for the very first time. Yes. And I still say, what's wrong with that young child seeing Ash reach his goal and becoming a champion? I guess that's, that's my issue with it. What's wrong with reaching the destination? Mm-hmm. I, I do wonder about that. And, um, according to, whatever is going to happen game-wise with Sun and Moon that's going to cross over uh, with the inevitable release of uh, the season of Pokemon that centers around that group of uh, Pokemon and the uh, the region and everything. Apparently there aren't conventional gem uh, gems gems uh, in that in that game so far. It's sort of an island challenge as far as what's been referenced. And um, I can see how people would want, okay, so this is the last one. They, they really aren't pushing the gym thing anymore. They're going to really, uh, th- that could be a good time to either retire Ash or to, um, you know, have him have more, uh, stake to his credit. You know, now he's coming in and, oh, you're the, I don't even know what region it is. Kalos? Kalos? That sounds right. You're the Kalos region champion? Wow, I gotta see how you do and have different plot points with that And as he uh, moves on up. It could be kind of like a little Mac punch-out scenario in that respect. Honestly, I think my only issue with um, investing in this is that I'm pretty much hardly not. I just remember what I remember from... Uh, watching it in the past and knowing that they handled it well uh, unfortunately did not have the time to check to see if the same treatment was given but I'm just going to go ahead and say it probably was because they basically start from scratch each time and it's a shame and I think that, that that's a lot of people's frustration I, I think mm-hmm. that frustration is growing and growing and growing with each generation with each age group that has watched Pokemon over the years, I think that frustration is growing. And I think a lot of people are coming to the realization that, yeah, Ash is never going to win because in the eyes of the Pokemon company and the people behind the anime, the day that Ash finally wins and maybe achieves his dream of being a Pokemon master is when the anime ends. And as we all know, with certain anime, as long as they keep making money, they will literally go on forever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to, there's... To, to a point, I can bring this back to American animation as well. Uh, Jack, uh, you are a, a 90s baby. Uh, I myself mm-hmm. am a 90s kid. Uh, I remember a great number of cartoons... From the 90s and, and a little bit after that never had a conclusive ending. Uh, and do you know the reason behind this, Jack? Please tell me. 
Uh, the reason is is that back in the day, uh, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, the Disney Channel, they did not want shows to have a conclusion because the networks wanted to rerun them in perpetuity so they could always sell toys and merchandise. So reruns would go on forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. That seemed and, that was my suspicion. Okay. And, in the case of Pokemon, the anime, it's really not that different. The game still sells extremely well. The card game still sells extremely well. And it is my understanding that the Pokemon a- anime still does good ratings. So, you gotta milk the cash cow dry. I mean, I get that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that this would be the end of the anime if Ash would have won. I think, if anything, it probably would have gotten a lot of eyes on the show in a more positive light of, whoa, Ash finally won? Oh my god! Instead of, wait, they actually made it look like Ash was really going to win, but then they didn't. What the F is this, S? Uh, Which is what we have now. Hmm. I'm just really hoping that... uh it's gonna it's gonna resolve itself. They'll take him to whatever's gonna happen with the Sun and Moon games, and he'll uh find himself in a different kind of journey. And hey, who knows? My suspicion has always been here's here's my hot take. It's similar to your one piece uh theory, is that Ash will find out that being a Pokemon master is just about being a rad dude to the animals in this realm that are strange and have odd powers and he'll do something with that and you know what i'm suspecting he'll wander and wander and wander and he'll find himself into a place that doesn't have as much of a knowledge on these creatures as everywhere else and he'll sit back he'll have grown up a little bit maybe he's in his late teens who knows And he'll go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my last couple of Pokemon, I'm going to put them in these balls, and I'm going to hand them off to the kids. And there, Ash would be the Pokemon professor and just uh, spend the rest of his days sending other kids out on their journey. And I think that'd be pretty rad. I like that idea, and I also had an idea of my own that I want to throw at you. Oh, yeah. What would you say to this? Say there is another Pokemon movie where Ash, after all of his high placing and everything else, Ash Ketchum catches the attention of the Elite Four. And in this future Pokemon movie, Ash challenges the Elite Four. Yes. Yes. You see, that's the real... He's playing the long game, ladies and gentlemen. Ash Ketchum ain't no fool. He's just folding his cards until he gets to the the one that will really get him to the end there. I think It's like Kenny Loggins great... says. <laughs> <laughs> what does Kenny Loggins say? You gotta know when to fold him. You gotta know when to hold him. <laughs> I, I didn't want to interrupt you. I'm going to let you slide on that one and say it was Kenny Rogers. The oh, no. Also. It's okay. It's okay. He he also tried a fried chicken restaurant chain for a little while, and that went nowhere. 
<laughs> but back to what you were saying, David. About I, I feel like maybe the Pokemon movie out there, maybe they're working on a movie or, or something where Ash challenges the Elite Four... And maybe that's when he finally wins the big one. Of course, it'll be non-canon, because no anime movie ever is, unless it's the end. Mm-hmm. Maybe that will be the the one. Ash takes on the Elite Four. I hope so. I hope so. That'd be great. That would be It'd awesome. would be a lot of fun. That'd be so much fun. In the meantime, it, I'll... This show has been fun, fun, Jack. This really has yes. been fun. It has been. <clears throat> and oh thank you all for listening to the anime podcast of some sort. Uh, I'm David. That's Jack. Uh, Jack, uh, we're back doing this again. Uh, tell us what you've got going on and what you want to share. Oh, yeah. So um, on the Twitter, turn back the notifications since uh, I can have the spare time to be staring at my phone for ages at a time i've got at jack d tyler d on twitter i've also got mechanical symphonies on tumblr been putting a lot of writing on there working on a weird uh type of a film noir story right now that you may or may not be behind uh be behind (laughs) see what i did there um i've also got a patreon of my own uh jack Noir Draws. That's J-A-C-K-N-O-I-R-E Draws. Because I don't know how to spell draws, apparently. And, of course, of course, we all know there's a big game out there. A big, exciting FPS that's been rivaling that of Team Fortress 2. And I'd like to personally challenge all of you who are privy to this game. The game being Overwatch. If you and play Jack, Overwatch, what, what console, what uh, system are you on for Overwatch? On PC, yes, okay. I was getting there. On the PC, just in case you maybe have to team deathmatch on your uh, PS4 or your Xbox. Uh, that being said, you can watch me get the big plays. I do uh, post those onto my Tumblr and such. Uh, probably be linking some onto my Twitter recently. But if you do want to come at me, bro, on the PC for Overwatch. That's at Trans Junkrat number 1911. So come at me, bro. Come and do it. Let's blow some stuff up. You know, Jack, and and I will cut this out. Don't worry. Jack, you know, you could put that on that old YouTube channel of yours. Oh, dear. (laughs) You don't have to cut this out. Now, I'm not saying anything about it. I'm not saying the name, but I would think, (laughs) I I would just think that it's not a terrible idea. If you're doing some Overwatch videos, it's not a terrible idea to put them on your YouTube channel. My YouTube channel being, uh, let me me actually test to see if it ever fixed itself. And I'm not forcing you into this. I'm just saying it's just a thought. YouTube.com. Let's see if it if it ever fixed itself for me. It's uh, uh honestly, guys, th- this is this is a long running thing between Jack and I. Uh, Jack- Channel does not exist. Oh, it's gone. 
It's no, gone. No, no, not my new, not my new one, or not the okay. not the name I tried to change it to because Google and YouTube are nice. It's yeah, yeah. They don't think that that my the one that I wanted it to be exists. So yes, unfortunately, it is still the YouTube channel that it has always been. So. Long listeners, I'm going to reward you by saying you're the only ones to know about it. <laughs> because YouTube won't let me change it. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us and having us now. have a slightly more serious, grave set of conversations. And thank you for the mic, patrons. <laughs> Thank you, patrons, for the mic. Everybody, that's patreon.com slash Delta Juliet Mike. And hey, well, we're not forcing you into the Patreon thing. We're, you don't even have to do that. But what we would really like, be really awesome, is if you enjoy the anime podcast of some sort, go on into iTunes or Stitcher or ever, or wherever else. Just hit us with the five stars. That would really help. Like seriously, and this is this is David talking, not DJM podcaster dude. This is David talking. That would really help out. Like seriously, if you can go into iTunes or wherever else and just hit us with the five stars. You don't even have to write a review because nobody really reads those. Just just give us the the five stars in iTunes or wherever. That would really help us out. That would get more eyes and more ears on the podcast, and that would be that. That's the really important part. If you like what we do here, patreoncom Mike. But really, more than anything, if you're subscribed in iTunes or wherever else, hit us with the five stars. That would be the biggest help of all. And thank you guys for listening to the anime podcast of some sort. That is Count Jack Noir. I'm DJM, and we will be talking about the animus next time. Boy! Boy!